Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Conflict Resolution Day, Tony. You think we argue too much? Tony Kornheiser, we don't argue. We just yell. There's no debate here. We just yell, and I yell because I'm so old I can't hear, so I just yell thinking you can't hear. I yell because I'm now old and cranky, and I want to yell at everybody. I do. Well, then... It's okay. I want to yell but, at I mean, everybody. Just so people, people need to understand. Well, there's no argument. There's no. Just this is not screaming. embrace debate. That that's other shows. No. That's not this show. No, no, that's not us. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. We're old. In today's episode, the Aces win another title. Victor Wembanyama adds to his highlight reel, and Booger McFarland joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the Astros lighting up Max Scherzer last night. Five earned in four innings on their way to an 8-5 win. Their first in this ALCS against Texas. This was the Rangers' first loss in three rounds of playoffs after seven straight wins. So, Wilbon, how should the Rangers feel about this loss? Well, Tony, let me zero in on Scherzer because I know that's something that we both care about, you even more than me. But when Scherzer's out there last night, my first thought is, hey, go get him. He doesn't have it, which is what... 50% 50% of what you thought could happen. You were 50-50. Yeah. He's going to go lights out, yeah. or he's going to give up a bunch of runs early. So when he gives up the runs early, Tony, again, my instinct is to scream at the TV, get him out of there. You don't leave a guy, a Hall of Famer like Max Scherzer out there to embarrass himself. And I was like, hold on. There's no need of sending him out there to throw 30 pitches. you got to let him stay and get his sea legs under him and get him feeling like he's on the mound again so that if you need him either later in this series for real or in something called the World Series, he knows more about himself. You know more about him. There's a feeling about Max Scherzer that, okay, he can't either be the warrior god, as you call him, or he's not ready for that. You'd like to know that, and last night was the sort of audition to figure that out. At least that's how I came to feel about it. I agree with that. I think it was a test drive. Um, I sat on the show yesterday and I said, if you want my honest opinion, I think he's going to go out early and there's going to be a bunch of runs. And that's what happened. Look, neither of us thought that the Astros were going to be swept. No. And both of us understood that the Astros were a better road team than a home team. They've now won seven out of eight this year in Arlington. It should be their home stadium. I believe how they should feel is as good as you can feel after a loss because of the Scherzer stuff in this regard. That was the most advantageous position to put Scherzer in. Because if he wins, it's total gravy. And if he loses, you're still up 2-1. Yeah. You put him in a situation where you're up 2-0, you're at home, you're saving another starter, and you see what he has. And now you figure out if you move on to the World Series, can you pitch him or not? I I mean, uh, to me, that's the perfect position to absorb that loss. Right? That's the perfect position. but... The, if, we, if, we, if we sort of widen this and look at it, not from the Max Scherzer perspective, but look at it from the now perspective, the Astros, they'll kill you. You let them back yes. in. You let them open the door. They'll beat you down. Yes. They will. And a, so, they're the I, you World know, Series champions. It feels yes, like it's not going a 2-1, out easy. but it's an even series. It feels like that now in some ways to me. We move now to the WNBA and the crowning of Las Vegas as the first repeat champion since the L.A. Sparks did it 21 years ago. The Aces beat New York last night without two of their starters and with a great performance by Asia Wilson, 24 points, 16 rebounds. Wilbon, 
What does this achievement mean for the Aces and for Wilson? Well, Tony, the Aces, when you go and you win without two of your five starters, two of your five best players, I mean, it says on the road, I mean, and, 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 and New York had just won the previous game to sort of make it look like it was really going to be a tight series. But when you win the way they did, I texted you last night because I was hoping you were watching less baseball than you were watching basketball. I watched mostly basketball. The baseball was, I watched baseball. The baseball was a non-starter, I watched baseball. 10 to whatever it was. It, was. it was nothing. The basketball had some drama in it because the Aces were down nine at the half. And they stormed back to take a lead, I think a one-point lead, at the end of three. And you're looking at this going, wow. This, this is a special team, Tony. And if Asia Wilson was fueled by not winning the MVP, that went to Brianna Stewart, who had sort of a John Starks-like three for 18 or something like that last night. That's familiar in New York, sorry. I mean, man, Asia Wilson, the best player in the game right now. She is. I, award or not. And so they look like, are you kidding? Like the future. And she's 29 years old and Kelsey Plum is like 27 or something like that. They're in their prime, Tony. They can go a while. Yeah, I, I will point out a couple of things. Um, and it's a great achievement when you're a repeat winner in any sport. Um, but before the season started, everybody thought these two teams would be in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Before the season started, they said these were the super teams. So nobody's surprised that they're both in it. I grant you there's a surprise to win on the road with two of your starters out. But Las Vegas had a better record all year long, and they are the best team. So congratulations on that. Yeah, Brianna Stewart. You don't want to go at home three for 17 when you were named the MVP. So I think that that gives Asia Wilson, uh, you know, a great amount of satisfaction because a lot of people thought she should be the MVP. I'll just say this quick. That game could have gone the other way. Yes, it could New have. York has a three at the end of that game, well, a good look, a corner three. It hits nothing, you not even the rim. You taking that what shot. are you going to do? That's who you want taking that but shot, I'm, and they didn't get it to her. I'm saying... That could easily have it gone have. the other way. Good could game. Drama. Game. Unlike the baseball you kept watching, the WNBA yes, had like, drama. I'm sorry. I you like know? playoff baseball. And I watch. I do too, but you know, you, you know, it's this amazing invention they've had for at least the last 60 years ago or so. It's called the what? damn remote control. Try to use it. Yeah. And yeah. now. I, I do use it. To the NBA. Not last night you did where Victor Wimbanyama created some rousing highlights in just 21 minutes last night. I clicked over to this, too. In a preseason win over the Rockets, the 7-4 rookie did things we've seen before, dunk, block shots, sang threes, but Wimbanyama also produced an unlikely behind-the-basket baseline dish for an open corner three, and he nutmegged Reggie Bullock off the dribble, middle of the court. So we knew Wimbanyama could do special things, but did you know he could do this stuff? In games. Yeah, so I have to sort of confess that I had never heard of Wembanyana until the draft was coming up and I heard all about him. Uh, it's a hole in my resume that I don't watch the French League on French yes, cable. It is. I don't get French yeah. cable. You, you do. Um, but, you know, but a lot of people, and by a lot of people I mean you, were telling me all the time that he is sort of a revolutionary talent. And my position on that is always the same. It's let me see. So now I'm able to see what he can do. And certainly, he appears to have a set of skills uncommon to somebody that large. And I, I grant you that. But let's, let's move on for a second. That's an exhibition game. It doesn't count for anything other than grins. 
okay? And I believe he shot three for 10 in that game, which ain't that great. And I think he's coached by Greg Popovich, who you and I would agree is an old school guy. And his two greatest stars, Tim Duncan and David Robinson, are old school guys. So I don't think in a regular season you're going to see him put the ball between somebody else's legs or start throwing behind the back pistol peep passes. I don't think we're going to see that. Having seen this, though, I will tell you, yeah, yes, it's impressive. It's impressive. It, it's not just impressive, Tony. It's, it, it wows you. Look. As you know, because you're right, I started watching Wimbanyama last year play in Europe. It just, you, you know when it comes on, and at first it was Windhorse who would say, what are you doing? You got to watch this kid. That was back in, like, November. And then by January, you're watching all the games you can watch of him. And now I watch him in preseason. It becomes appointment viewing. Turn that garbage off and turn Wimbanyama on. And just to see what he's doing. And Tony, he does things. His skill set is not just unique for somebody his size. It's unique. And he can do the – no, I, I'm like you. He's not going to be nutmegging people in the regular season because I would think that Coach Pop would say, son, have a seat right here. That's the magic <laughs> That's of right. Pop. Because if you do it to That's Tim right. Duncan and David Robinson and Ginobili and Parker, you'll do it to Wimbanyama. But, Tony, yeah. this kid does stuff you've never seen anybody do. In tight spaces, let's, he throws passes Mike, that are magic and bird. Let's, let's see he, him. He dunks let's like have Dominique. This, let's have this discussion All right. after 20 games. The NBA right. is a 48-minute physical league. Yes, it is. Let's have this after they 20 beat games. They've got to try to beat him break. up. They've got to try to. Coming up, the NCAA investigates whether Michigan has been illegally stealing signals, and we will ask Booger McFarland about that. We'll also ask him about Penn State, Ohio State, who might have a clear advantage Sunday for the unbeaten's battle. Tony, I know you, you're, you're, the, you're the last skeptic in America on Victor Wimbanyama. You are. I'm not a skeptic. Well, I, I, I haven't seen him. Well, I'm not, I'm just not. The Interruption is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Truly, part of Happy Hour.
We've decided to talk college football this week with our great friend, ESPN NFL and college football analyst, Booger McFarlane. Booger, we're going to start with this. The marquee game this week, Penn State is number seven. They are at number three, Ohio State. If I have this right, they've both shown really strong defenses, but not much on offense. Do you give one of these teams a clear edge? Well, if I'm going to give the edge to anyone, Tony, it'll probably be Ohio State. I feel like I know more about them. Remember that game against Notre Dame they had where they had to come back in the fourth quarter? It it seems to me that their quarterback, Kyle McCord, kind of grew up uh, in that fourth quarter, third and 18, making a big play to Ekbuka, and they go on to win the football game. And so I know a little bit more about Ohio State, even though they haven't been that explosive offensively. Penn State, let's face it, I have no idea what we're going to get, especially on offense, because they haven't been tested. Their defense is great. They're only giving up eight points a game. Uh, Offensively, they can run the football with Allen and Singleton. But the wild card is going to be the quarterback, Drew Aller. He's supposed to be the guy that takes Penn State to the next level. Well, this is the game that can get them to that next level and really make them a viable college football playoff candidate. He's going to have to play well. So I guess I would lean maybe giving the edge to Ohio State, but we really don't know about these two teams because in the Big Ten, the season is really getting started right now. Northwestern took Penn State to 10-10 into the third quarter, Booger. I was at that one. All right, like Penn State and Ohio State. Florida State is also unbeaten and host number 16, Duke. Booger, I know these are good teams. This should be exciting games. But I don't think any of these teams is great. So does Duke have a chance uh, against Florida State? I mean, we're not used to saying that, but are things such that they actually have a shot, a puncher's chance in this game? Are we talking basketball or football, Mike? Because if we're talking basketball, they got a hell of a chance. If we're talking football, I'm not really sure they have a chance. Their starting quarterback, Riley Leonard, he's out with a high ankle sprain. And they got this youngster, Henry B. Lynn, coming in, and he only completed four passes last week. Now, with that being said, they can run the football. So maybe the head coach, uh, Mike Elko, can get this team to be physical and run the football, but man, it's going to be a tough, tough task because Florida State's playing really, really well. Florida State is is battle-tested. They've played LSU. They've gone into the fake Death Valley, and they beat Clemson, and this quarterback, Jordan Travis, is playing well. He's got a plethora of wideouts on the outside, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, so it's going to be a tall, tall task. If this were basketball, baby, sign me up for the Duke. (laughs) But football, I'm not sure. I'm not going to ask you to get into the weeds on Michigan at Michigan State because Michigan State is falling and they can't get up. But I will ask you about the Yahoo report that the NCAA is investigating Michigan for allegedly sending in-person scouts to games of upcoming opponents to decode signals. The in-person part, that's not allowed. I don't know how many years that's been. Booker, Tony and I are of the opinion that this is not a big deal at all. You should be able to steal signals. But is this something you see as a big breach? Well, guys, I I tend to agree with you as far as being able to scout in person and see what teams do. Uh, I I really don't think it's a big deal, but it is a rule. And this is kind of like the second time Michigan has broken some rules in a couple years. Remember, they uh, self-imposed a suspension on the head coach for recruiting violations. So you couple that with this, and I'm not really sure what they're doing in Michigan. They don't have to cheat. They got a really good football team. They've recruited well. So on the surface, it's not a big deal. But when you start breaking rules and you start getting caught, i.e. there's still an open NCAA investigation on those recruiting violations uh, for Michigan, 
Uh, this is something I think a lot of people need to pay attention to. Are, are they really that desperate to get over the hump and win a national championship? It's kind of starting to seem like that. It's really wild. The NCAA is basically accusing Jim Harbaugh of being Jesse James. He's a total outlaw. <laughs> we'll get you out on this. Number one, Georgia has a bye week. But they lost their All-American tight end, Brock Bowers, to left ankle surgery. So on the grand scale, how important is that tight end to Georgia's success? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a two-part answer. Part one is this. He is very similar to how the Kansas City Chiefs use Travis Kelsey. Like, he's that important to the offense. He's by far their number one receiver. Now, with that being said... Their schedule is Charmin soft. So while on the surface, it's going to take a little getting used to to figure out how we're going to incorporate somebody else to be our primary receiver. And we're going to have to run the offense maybe uh, a couple of different ways. They have a schedule, as I said, that's very manageable. I think they'll be able to uh, get that schedule and, and cruise into the SEC championship game where they're most likely going to play. Uh, if, if everything goes chalk, they're going to play Alabama. If there's an upset, maybe they play LSU. But by then, I think Brock Bowers will be back. But make no mistake about it. He's the best tight end in America. He'll be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. They are definitely going to miss him. However, the schedule being as manageable as it is will allow them to cushion that blow just a little bit. Brock Bowers. Thank you, Booger, as always. Thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Let's take a break. Coming up, do the Jags or the Saints have the advantage in tonight's Thursday night football game? And after a string of personal fouls, Seahawks receiver DK Metcalf vows, I ain't changing. I ain't changing. DK Metcalf, not changing anything he says. The backbone of sports is stealing signals. I don't think you can get up in the scoreboard with binoculars. But if you're at the game and you figure it out, that's that's, that's legit. If you're not cheating. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 29th birthday, Anthony Santander. The Orioles outfielder and part-time DH led the team in RBI with 95 and in doubles with 41, which is second in the American League. Santander hit 28 home runs, tied for the team lead with rookie Gunnar Henderson. Santander and Henderson are part of a pack of Orioles in their 20s who pushed the team to 101 victories just two years after losing 110. The Orioles hadn't won 101 games since 1979. Santander is one of seven American League players over the last two seasons with at least 250 hits, 150 runs scored, 100 walks, and 60 homers. A list that includes Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez, and Corey Seager. That's a good list. Santander is eligible for arbitration this year, could become a free agent in 2025. Orioles better lock him up contractually, or as they say now, obnoxiously get him under control, you know, like he's a pet. Long-term contract oh, for Mr. Santander. You better keep him. Don't they let have him to, m- 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 keep him. and trade him or do something stupid. They need him. Yeah, 
build around. Happy anniversary, Randy Moss. On this day 20 years ago, with time winding down in the first half, Vikings quarterback Dante Culpepper launched a deep pass to Moss, who caught it at the Denver 11-yard line. Moss was immediately surrounded by three Broncos defenders. As he was being tackled, Moss kept his balance, spun around, and tossed a perfect lateral over his right shoulder to teammate Mo Williams, who took the ball the rest of the way for a touchdown. That play was named number 68 on the NFL's 100 Greatest Plays series. I'm trying to think which would be number one. I imagine the Immaculate Reception or the Star Sneak in the Ice Bowl or Montana to Clark. You got one, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to say the Immaculate Reception, Tony. And and Montana to Clark is irresistible. That's got to be in the top five, right? What about that stupid snowplow thing? Doesn't that have to be in there even though it really wasn't a play? You don't think that's... Maybe high up there. Maybe. Immaculate reception. Maybe top 10. Gotta be one. Top, I would think. Happy trails to DK Metcalf changing his style of play. The Seahawks star wide receiver says he's going to continue to play the way he plays, even though he's picked up a bunch of penalties for overly physical play this year. And even though his coach Pete Carroll says Metcalf has to clean up his act. Metcalf has been flagged five times already this season and said, quote, I'm just gonna continue to be me. Football is a violent sport, and it's my one opportunity to be violent on game day. So I'm just going to continue to do that, unquote. Now, if you put that quote together with examples of his aggressive behavior that you've just seen, it certainly takes away the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, it could be violent two ways. And if I was an opposing coach, I would just tell some guys who are way down the roster and not all that important on Sunday, I said, tell you what, early in the game, Take care, Mr. DK yeah. Metcalf. And then if he's out yes. of the game, because you put him out of the game, which used to happen in the old days, then how much use can he be? How valuable is that tough guy act? Come on now. Come on. Stop. Good strategy. Quick to the big finish. Let's Jordan Poole, your boy, 41 for the Wizards. Last night's preseason win over the Knicks. You impressed? I was going to say no. And then I found out the last Wizard to do that was Michael Jeffrey Jordan on 53% shooting. So, yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Failed to register a shot on goal for the second consecutive game. Is that significant to you? He's 38, and he's got a new coach, and he'll never catch Gretzky if he doesn't shoot the puck. Terry Stotts resigned his assistant coach role with the Bucs after taking it just this spring. Your thoughts? Well, he was going to help the transition for Damian Lillard, who he coached in Portland, but that's not going to happen now. Apparently, he's not going to retire. He still plans on coaching. I guess the fit wasn't right. Jags at Saints tonight. Who you got? Um, if Trevor Lawrence plays, I think I've got Jacksonville. New Orleans is sort of dull. Last one, 6-0. James Madison at 4-2. Marshall tonight. Who you got? You know, Tony Marshall, I think. Charles Huff, their coach, is pretty good. JMU, great record in their second year in D1. It's a nice matchup of non-powers. Maybe I'll watch a little of that instead of that NFL game. Who are you kidding? You're not watching that. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Corn. I'm Mike Wilbar. Same time tomorrow, no players. You can get the podcast on the app or Apple Podcasts. And now, you watch an exhibition basketball.